On today's episode, Alan and I are going to be looking ahead to the fast approaching 2024 Coonhound competition year, including announcements regarding the world finals location and the major event bench show judges for the year. You're listening to the UKC Hunting Ops podcast, celebrating hunting dog heritage, competition, and community. United Kennel Club has been the hunting dog sports home for coonhounds, beagles, retrievers, pointers, cur feist, and more for over 125 years. This podcast is fueled by Yukonuba, the official performance dog nutrition partner of UKC. Welcome back to the UKC Hunting Ops Podcast. This is Trevor Wade. I'm the Coonhound Program Manager here at UKC, and I'm joined today by Alan Gingrich, the Director of Hunting Ops. What's going on, Alan? Well, I don't know. Another day, another podcast here. Yeah. It's been a good week. We've been a good couple of weeks. It seems like we've got a lot done in our department. Uh, scheduling events for 2024, that's always kind of fun to work on it things is. like that. The the major event schedules for all of our segments, you know, be it Coonhounds, Beagles, Curfeist, all that good stuff. So yeah, that uh, you're, you've been working on getting RQE set up for next year and uh, world hunt locations, zones, and all that good stuff. I've been working on the same thing for beagles and got a lot of that done. Yeah, it, next year sneaks up on you pretty quick after the world finals are over. It does, but I feel like this year we've we're about as uh, we're about as uh, uh, well along as we ever have been. So that's yeah. good. Yeah, right now, if you want to go we and check out. We got some good help. We got some good help. <laughs> we do. We got yeah. a good team right now. We do. Added a new member to our we did. team. Our we did. We did. Yeah, Lexi. Yeah, Lexi's new to our department. Probably haven't talked to her much yet. I think she's doing some emails and chats right now, but yeah. hasn't started answering the phones quite yet. But uh, by the time you listen to this, she may be. She's catching on quick. So she is, and it seems like she's going to be a good fit for our department. So we have Lacey Morgan and Lexi now in our department. So, yeah. We're at full strength. We're we dangerous are. now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you're right. It's uh, it's yeah. always good to have good good people in place, and we do. It's uh, we've gotten we've gotten a lot done recently. So if you haven't been on the website recently and looked around, there's going to be a lot of new information on there. Uh, like you said, major event schedules, RQE yep. schedules, uh, youth championship series schedule, yep. all that stuff's updated. Plus a little time here for you and I to go hunt our own dogs. Finally, or at least that's what I'm trying to do. It was hard to go on lunch today and not just uh, jump and head on home and just go hunting, wasn't yeah. it, I bet? Yeah. yeah <laughs> You've been yeah. up in the North Country the past couple of weeks. I have several times. Just snuck bit. up there about three different times now, just for about a day and a half or two days at the most. But I kind of went from my dogs kind of being out of shape to I, I, I'm getting them tuned up again. Yeah, Putting some miles fun. on them. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Been a lot of fun. And, man, the tracking up there has just been phenomenal the last couple of weeks that I've been up there. and. And I talked to a guy here at lunchtime today that's up there in the UP running right now, and he's, oh, man, conditions are still good. He's pounding. A <laughs> couple of days of snow, while, I think, while you were there before you went, but since then it's been yeah. super nice. Yep. Yep. But, hey, well, uh, today, like you kind of prefaced there, we have a lot of new information. It's been a while since we've been down here and kind of talked about what's going on in uh, in our uh, Coonhound program, and I think you even have some uh, Beagle information you may be sharing today, some Break, this is a breaking news episode of sorts. We're going to be uh, letting out a lot of information here, and we'll start yeah. out with a big one that everybody's wanted to know about, and that's where our Coonhound World Finals location is going to be. Uh, would have loved to announce it at the World Finals this this year, a couple months ago. We just didn't have everything ironed out and in place yet. We kind of knew the club that we were going to yep. go with. Yep. Didn't have the location secured, but a member of the club was there to kind of see our location this year. And uh, and see where it could uh, see if they could find something similar in their hometown, and yeah. they were able to find that. Yeah, he must have kept it to himself pretty well, except uh, he, uh, maybe a couple of his closest friends or what have you. But he did a good job; didn't let the cat out of the bag. Or yeah. Nothing that I heard, anyways. That's right. And <laughs> without further ado, the World Finals is heading to Marshall, Illinois. Illinois this year. again, man, that's going to be good. Yeah. Marshall, Illinois. Yep. One one cool kind of cool thing that happened uh, because of the the little bit of delay in it is you went down to. Uh, your beagle your uh, brace uh, national championship in south carolina and you were able to swing through illinois on the way back we did uh, on we, that day yep we did and on the last podcast i think i did one here with uh with dominique we talked a little bit about bird dogs and, and retrievers and such and we talked about the grand uh the hrc fall grand was in paducah kentucky on the same weekend so we went from the brace national championship we as in nicole sedlecki and i Went from the Brace National Championships over to Paducah, Kentucky, and uh, and kind of 
scattered around there and watched some of those retrievers working. And then from there, we went up to Marshall, Illinois, and looked at this uh, facility, the Knowles Auction House. Yeah, It's merely a mile and a half off Interstate 70, I-70. So it's a great byway. They have uh, they have three hotels right there in town, uh, several good places to eat. Uh, and, and this auction house is right in town. It was owned by Jim Knowles. He's like a third generation auctioneer up there and offered this facility for it. Obviously we gotta well, we gotta pay him a little bit for it. But he he used to coon hunt some as well. Oh, nice. So he's kinda he's all excited about it. So uh, and it's gonna be a nice facility there and uh it's just merely minutes from the hotels right there in town. Yeah, good location. If you're not familiar with Marshall, it's there in Illinois, but it's right across the Indiana line, kind of midway down the state in Illinois, right across the, the state line from Indiana. And uh, it's not a it, – people be familiar with it. It hosted the zones that club did as recently as 2018 and 19, and they yes, sir. had great hunts there. And it, it's a deserving club and a good location, I think. The most exciting thing about the auction house for me, and Nicole was there, and obviously she has a huge hand in the uh, – a live show portion of our world championship and finding out that the upload speed there at the auction house is, you know, way, perfect. way, way, yeah. way better than we've ever had anywhere. Yeah. So that's kind of exciting. We should have no buffering, no anything like that. Yeah, that's right. Yep. If, if it is, we can blame our folks. It sounds yeah. like, cause it ain't, it ain't <laughs> on them. So, yeah. yeah, but this will be the fourth time that the, the Coonhound world championship has been in the state of Illinois. Well, you know, I think only the second time for me, unless uh, I'm sure you got the information no, there. You're but right. No, Elizabeth, I was in Elizabeth in 2008, but uh, Flora in 2015, I guess. So. That's right. And then all the way back in the second year of the World Championship, 1979, it was. That was before Florida. you were born. Yeah, that was, that was way before. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So those are, uh, so the, yeah, three times and first time in Marshall. It's kind of hard to believe we haven't been in Florida or in Illinois more than that. Yeah. Well, I thought it was, you know, we've kind of been talking about potential destinations in Illinois. And, <clears throat> I, I don't know. We'll, we'll just be, uh, you know, transparent. It makes it a little bit difficult because of uh, PKC's major events on that same weekend. You got to be cautious and cognizant of that. But it's a state that, you know, they have, when the zones are there, they do great. Obviously, yep. Flora is a hub for major events. So a lot, we're in Flora, Illinois, a, a lot. Um, and uh, I don't know. Uh, it seems like a good idea to give that state something. Yep. They've, they've earned it. Absolutely. So. Marshall Coon Hunters Club, uh, Jeff Murphy and Dean Daughtry, and, and uh, they've got a good club there. Robinson, Illinois is another place I've hunted a lot out of. <clears throat> Back in the, the ACHA World Hunt, used to be there for a bunch of years, and uh, that's great hunting. So that's not far from there either. So great, good, good hunting in that area. Yeah, absolutely. If uh, for just for reference sake, people who are familiar with Greencastle, obviously just about an hour west of there, I'd yep. say, right down I seventy. Yep. Unfortunately, I don't have all those zone locations pinned out so far or pegged out, but I do got six of them, and I think that we could take a, a minute to talk about the zone locations. Um, the first one that we had uh, locked down is just right here down the road from us, uh, the in Quincy, Michigan, the Reading Coon Hunters Association. Most people know that as as Reading, Michigan, some of the best coon hunting in the whole country. I'd say you can't beat it. You can't beat it, and they can get hunters, a lot of hunters, out in in uh, in not too far away from there, and and into great hunting. Absolutely, right there, had it there before several times. Yep. Yep. So that's perfect. A uh, new club. I looked over. I've looked through some uh, past issues, and I've kind of try to know where the zones have been in the past. And I, I didn't ever Talking see, about magazine issues. Yeah, magazine issues. <laughs> Not problems. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> uh, Jefferson, Ohio, the Ashtabula County Coon Hunters, a uh, club that wanted that threw their name in the hat early this year, maybe even last year already, uh, being interested in hosting a major event. And, you know, I keep a list of those, and I kind of go through some of those when it's time to pin zone locations or something like that. And uh, – you look at this club's numbers, and they've performed as well as any club in the country as far as numbers go. Uh, they have a really active membership and got in touch with them, and that's going to be where uh, one of our zones is at this year. Yeah, they've been around for a long time, too. Yeah, kind of there in northeast Iowa, pretty close to the Pennsylvania line, so that'll be kind of a yeah. northeast uh, mm -hmm. zone for people. Yeah, in a good good spot. Uh, Sedalia, Missouri. Uh, last year, they kind of, or this year, I should say this year, I guess, they kind of stepped in for us. We had an opening, a vacancy uh, from a club who opted not to hold, host the zones for a second year. And Sedalia stepped up, up for us. They did a great job um, and didn't want to take it away from them after only one year. So they'll be holding for the second year in a row here, yep. holding a zone location there in Sedalia. Uh, Northeast Tennessee, Rogersville, Tennessee, Hawkins County Coon Club, Ron Stroud and those guys are going to be getting a zone this year. Uh, they hosted one back in twenty. 19 my they, first year here yeah several several times since yeah. i've been here 
And, you know, that's, that's, uh, that's a little different than hunting in Michigan. I can tell you a whole lot different. It's a lot more up and down, but you know, they've, they've always had a good draw there. Hunters like to go to, to Rogersville, you know, and I think a lot of it has to do with, uh, with the way they have, uh, worked their conservation and, uh, and, uh, preserve their uh, game populations over the years. And, and it's a good club to hunt out of. Yeah. It, you know, it's kind of interesting. We usually, it seems like we usually have a, a zone in either Tennessee or North Carolina, Eastern Tennessee or North Carolina yep. for that kind of part of it. And I just got off the phone with David Garden before I came down here a little bit ago talking yeah. about zone locations. And when I told him that we had gone with Rogersville this year, uh, he didn't bat an eye. I said, that's some good hunting there. So it's yeah. obviously it's it's yeah. a well-respected place. It's a club that puts in a lot of effort, so excited for it to be there. Yeah. A uh, place that's going for the first time, and that's Coffeeville, Mississippi. Uh, people may be familiar with it. They've had uh, their state youth championship there the past couple of years. I think they may have had the state championship there last year. And it's just a little bit south and east of Batesville, about 45 minutes from there. So obviously everybody's familiar with that area from the Winter Classic. Right. So that's going to be a good And a good that's event. a city I don't think we've ever been as far as the zones go. So be first a new time. location there. Yeah, first time. Last time I was in Mississippi, I was in Senatobia. So just about yeah. an hour from there. So. Yep. Um, and then Paris, Texas is the last one we have locked in. Obviously, they're in northern Texas, close to the Oklahoma line. Mr. Mark Vest, one of our field reps, is a president of that club. Been for a long time. It's a club that's well known there, and they can put a lot of dogs in the woods if we need them to. So. They've put on a lot of hunts through uh, over a lot of years. I've been there several times. I love that area. Yeah, love it. Absolutely, it's good, good place. Good, good hunters around there. Good people around there. Be a good place to have it again. Yep. Take it back to you. Can never be can never go wrong with Paris, Texas. Yeah. So we're just, you've actually got a couple too that you're still working on. Yeah, there's two I wasn't comfortable mentioning today. Yeah. Uh, well, I, that's six right there. Typically we have seven or sometimes in some years eight, just depending yeah. on how they lay out. Um, this year we're kind of looking at eight, but yeah. we're still waiting to hear back from two clubs 100% whether yeah. they're going to have them or not. So who knows? We'll have some more information on that coming soon. Yeah, so and we'll stay tuned for that. Yep, and hopefully we can make that make those announcements soon. But hey, a good areas too. I know where you're looking at, and I'm excited for it. Hopefully, I'd say both of them are going to be a yes. They just need to get their T's crossed and I's dotted here before we announce it. I guess blast it out yeah. for everybody. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of announcing stuff, I think you kind of had some. Uh, it, we're breaking news here. We might as well break some news about some other stuff. Yeah, too. I've got a couple locations too to to may as well get it announced. One is for the hunting beagle format. Uh, that one is we're going out west. We're going to Missouri, and ironically, we're going to an auction house as well for the hunting beagle oh, yeah. world championship, the uh, Shetler's Event Center in Mountain Grove, Missouri. And it's a place where we were in 20, ah, I don't even hold me to what year it was, five years ago, I think, five, six years ago, when we, last time we were in Missouri, we were there, great facility, uh, same thing, auction house, nice nice uh, community, kind of a community center uh, place there, really nice place. Um, they got one, they have one new hotel in town that really works great for us, and, uh, uh, you know, the uh, I'm just excited to go out there this yeah. this next year. We have a lot of those guys that come to a lot of the major events are in the in the east a lot more than they have out there. Uh, but we've had a lot of hunters from from Missouri come out to these events, support the events in the east. And hey, it's time we go back out there to Missouri again. And we're doing that with the World Championship. Now, the one other thing I will mention is because of deer seasons out there, we had to change the date. And, and it's going to be two weeks later than our normal date. Normally, our world championship is held the first weekend in October or thereabouts as the calendar falls. But this year, it's going to be moved to Friday, October 18th through Sunday, October the 20th. Nice. Yep. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Mountain Grove, Missouri. Perfect. Heading yep. west. So that, And then I have another one, Kerr and Feist World Championships. So uh, back, I think, in 2017, 18, 19, somewhere, we put the Kurs and Feist together. Uh, we se we separated them. They didn't hunt together anymore, but we held the first one or two world championships where we held them simultaneously. And then after that, we kind of had them separately. The Kurs were held, uh, they held their world championship at the end of February, and we did like the first or second weekend in March for the Feist. This year, we are going to put them back together, and uh, UKC is going to administer both of those events again. Nice. And it's going to be March 23rd and 24th, and it's going to be uh, uh, at Tell City, Indiana. There we go. For the Kerr and Feist World Championship. So I'm tickled for that. We're going to have two world, champions, uh, two world championships running simultaneously, Kerr's in one and Feist in the other. 
I think that'll be a fun one to go Tell to. City, you know Tell City Absolutely. well. They've held a lot of coon hunts, a lot of squirrel hunts and things like that. Be a good place for it. We were actually there last year for uh, for the World Championship and just the Feist World Championship. But this year, bringing the curs there as well. So, And the other thing that I want to mention is, while we're talking about this, we always ran our Dog of the Year series the day before the World Championship. That was not ideal because a lot of those same dogs wanted to also be entered in the world and they kind of had, to, you know, those dogs that, especially if they won, they hunted another, uh, a couple more rounds than these other dogs in the world. Just was not ideal. So we did, uh, we did separate that. And that is going to happen uh, uh, the first weekend in March, March 2nd, uh, in Hardin, Kentucky. Okay. We're going to have our uh, national runoff for both Kerr Squirrel Dog of the Year and Feist Squirrel Dog of the Year. Also, the, uh, the Kerr Night Hunt Dog of the Year is going to all happen all together in Hardin, Kentucky, March 2nd. That's a Saturday. Uh, the night hunt uh, is going to take place on the March 1st on that Friday night. Uh, but, uh, yeah, for those dogs, and in, and in addition to that, we, it's something we've been talking about. If we do uh, put our uh, national runoff on its own day, we need maybe something else because there's only six or seven dogs that are eligible in each of one of those three segments. So we've been talking about having a derby day. So we've made that happen. It's also going to, we're going to have a derby day for both curs and feists on that day. And that's open to any pups, curs, or feists that were born uh, May 1st. I think is it May 1st. I better look at my notes here. Um, let me find this here. Hmm. While you're looking for that, it yeah. kind of seems like uh, those two locations can't get much more central location than those two, Arden, Kentucky, and Tell very, City. Very Indiana. good, very good Good traveling for everybody. Yeah. I know there's a lot of uh, squirrel hunters April down 1st, the southeast. April 1st so. of 2022. A dog has to be have a birth date not uh, or after April 1st, uh, on or before April, or on or after April 1st of 2022. I want so to get that right. Just around two years old. But you'll have yep. this, this information. I saw it's already on your Facebook page. Yep, it is. It's already posted there, and, and uh, we'll have ads out on that as well. So I'm excited about that, too. Yeah. So National Runoff and Derby Day. for, uh, and We'll have a king and queen for the pups. You know, name a king and queen after an a.m. and a p.m. hunt on that Saturday. So it'll be a fun time. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. Yep. Good deal. Heck, yeah. Well, let's shift back over to Coonhounds for a minute. Um, I've been getting a lot of messages recently. We've kind of started here a couple of years ago announcing all of our Ben Show judges for the year ahead of time. Yeah. And people wonder why this, why that. But, hey, it helps. Uh, if you're out running those events, it kind of helps to know who you have conflicts with, which ones to qualify for, which ones to that you're going to plan to hit this year. And, and we've been trying to do that, and it's worked out pretty well, I'd say. Yeah, I think this year we probably our judges that we have selected now really don't have uh, – you know, aren't really actively showing or running in any series or anything like that. So I think it works. It's uh, going to work well, I think, this year. Yeah, the first ones and probably the most pressing, obviously, the Winter Classic entries are just about to open up for mm -hmm. that. Um, and that's going to be obviously February 9th and 10th in Batesville, Mississippi. Everybody knows about where to find information on that. We'll have a separate issue talking about Winter Classic, probably a little bit, uh, a, se a separate podcast episode a little closer to time. Uh, talking about winter classic details but let's let's uh announce the judges here the first one for friday that'll be judge and registered pairs and to be a member of the top 10 panel is going to be mrs scarlett overton of Biloxi, mississippi yeah she's judged at the winter classic before and uh, she was excited to to uh, have this assignment this year and she'll do good yeah be good she'll judge friday registered and like you said uh pairs in top 10 uh, on Saturday, obviously, we have our champion and grand champion portions of the show. And also, this uh, this judge here will also be a member of that three-person top ten panel. And that's going to be Miss Amber Carroll of Corn, Oklahoma. Yeah, she Amber used to live in Alabama. Then at one time, I think she was in Mississippi, maybe. But I didn't even realize she moved to Oklahoma. But, uh, yeah, uh, I called her uh, uh, a couple of weeks or I guess a week ago or so when we talked to her. And she was super excited. It didn't take her long to say yes, you know, so... She is super excited about the opportunity. Yep. Saturday's judge, judging champions and grands, and then also be a, on the top 10 panel Friday night. And then the third uh, third member of that top 10 panel, this name seems familiar to me for some reason. Never it's, heard of him. Never heard of him. <laughs> Mr. Steve Fielder of Port Ritchie, Florida. <laughs> okay. So, Who's he? 
<laughs> Most of you guys have never heard of this guy, but yeah. no, we're just kidding. Here Steve. we are. Uh, obviously, yeah. uh, we want obviously we want Steve to be there anyways. He's yeah. going to be there hopefully yeah. getting some content for the Going to the Dogs podcast. Yep. Um, hopefully interviewing some of the folks that are attending the Winter Classic. And while he's there, we're going to try to put him to work. And he he was excited. I think he try. was excited we, uh, as well. I think so too. That's that's a good that's a good show for him on Friday night. I think be a part of that panel. I love it. Yeah. Sure do. Yeah, I think that's he'll, a, he'll that's our good. trio, and that's going to be a, a good show, I believe, with those three. Yeah, just kind of you know, kind of three different folks right there, Amber and Steve and and uh, uh, Scarlet there. But I think it'll be a good panel for that top ten. Absolutely. Uh, Autumn Oaks. We're a long way from Autumn Oaks. It'll come up quicker than you think, though. But uh, uh, we got a couple household names for this one. Yeah, I guess you could say. Uh, Miss Penny Turner of yeah. Jackson, Kentucky is going to be one of our judges at Autumn Oaks this year. Yeah. She, you know, you, you and I both talked with her and she's same thing. She's very excited about it and, uh, and, uh, she'll do good. Yeah. And teaming up with her, you know, we try to find, it, it makes sense to try to find somebody who, uh, have been partners on dogs before have similar conflicts. Uh, just, you're taking less people out of the pool of, of doing that and doing so we were able to get one of her, her friends and, and, uh, uh, obviously partners on a lot of dogs, Christina officer. Yeah. Uh, Kentucky, uh, Ravina, Kentucky as well to do it. So, yeah. And, uh, we've, we tried to, uh, find something for, I say, find something, you know, kind of get a slot for Christina, uh, for a bunch of years already. And, and it seems like this year it, it's, it just all came together. So, yeah. Well, oh yeah. We're well, tickled to have both of them. I think they'll do good with it. Autumn Oaks, Penny and Christina be judging it. Most of my tenure here, Christina's been winning just about everything with legs, so it's hard to get her to, <laughs> to uh, judge one. But yeah, yeah, that's a what a what a duo of those. That's a lot of wins between those two there. That's for a sure. Star studded judging panel. Yep. And then the world championship. Yeah. We kind of wanted to go off the, you know, get get a little different with this and get a different perspective for this. Obviously, world championship isn't until September, so we're way ahead of the game here, but uh, RQEs start pretty soon after you listen to this. It won't be another month or two, and people will start getting their dogs qualified for the World Championship. And uh, judging the first round of the World Championship this year in Marshall, Illinois, is going to be Kathy Shorter. Virginia. Of Virginia. Yep. And a lot of folks will know who Kathy is. She is the daughter of uh, uh, Doc and, and uh, Chirpy Birdsall from Virginia, uh, as, is an excellent judge. We don't see her that often anymore, you know, but uh, she is. Uh, she knows what a good dog is, is supposed to look like. Now they're supposed to be made up, and an excellent judge has excellent, has a, a, you know, is just very knowledgeable, obviously, uh, growing up under her dad, David Birdsall, Doc Birdsall, you know, who wouldn't be, you know, so, uh, yeah. So yeah, not just, uh, not just that, but uh, she'll be flanked by. Well, after she narrows it down to 14, she'll have her dad, Doc, coming yeah. in and, and picking the world, Man, world champion. And that just worked out this year. You know, Doc's getting up there in age. He's judged so many shows over the years, has done uh, or, uh, seminars for us and just a lot, a lot of things. You know, and he and his wife, Chirpy, they still come to the shows, see him sitting there watching all the shows and this and that. And, and he's getting up there in age and... Uh, Man, I I think this is just an excellent pairing. We were able to make it work, and Doc probably just physically wouldn't be capable to judge a show like Winter Classic uh, or the or Autumn or uh, Autumn Oaks or anything like this. But I think this is a perfect fit. Yeah, it's kind of funny. We you know, we made all these calls on on one day a little bit. You called Kathy, and we you know we wanted to use her in some capacity yeah. this year, um, and called her and kind of threw this idea at her. It's like, well, who, I, well I'll have to ask dad. Yeah. You know, it may be a day or two before you hear back from me. Yeah. She must have called back in like 10 minutes. minutes. <laughs> yeah. He'd he been was, out hunting. He was out uh, squirrel hunting or something, she said. So, yeah. yeah. It didn't take very long. No. And he was game for it, and I'm glad. Yeah. Heck what yeah. A, a legend of the sport. Yeah. Kathy and Doc Birdsall. Kathy Shorter, Doc Birdsall. Yeah, so we're kind of compiling some bios right now, and those uh, those announcements will be on our our. Uh, web page here coming soon on our UKC dogs website uh, with more information about them and they'll be on there for the whole year. So good stuff. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, real quickly, like I said, it's been, been a while since we've been on here and we've had a chance to talk. And since then we've crowned our triple crown winner. Obviously that's been shared on our, our UKC dogs, Facebook page. It's been on our Facebook platform. We've announced it everywhere. Uh, people may already know about it, but let's talk about the winner real quick. Yep. Went pretty deep in the world championship to determine the winner this year. Yeah, not gonna not going to uh, uh, be any stranger to this dog, and that's Grand Night Champion Willie's Little Land. Yeah, 
Uh, she's a three-year-old Trian Walker female, uh, born back in December, late December of 2019, and she's owned by Ellis Keene of London, Kentucky. Yeah. Um, his dog, yeah, yeah has, has, uh, you know, off of the world champion Rackham Willie, and the the dam is Wipeout. She squirms a lot, which is uh, a Zeb three daughter. Uh, but yeah, Nick, uh, bred by Nicholas Jones, and this dog has just won a lot. You know, you, I wouldn't have been surprised to see her win. You know, the world championship. Nope, she's right. as she's as solid as any little female out there in the country right now. Top, uh, good little, good little female. Willie's little Ann, uh, 12 cast wins uh, so far in 2023 for this dog. But, uh, uh, yeah, I'll let you talk about her accolades this year in the Triple Crown. Yeah, well, let's go through them a little bit. Obviously, her first cast wins of the year started at Winter Classic in Batesville, which is the first uh, step of the Triple Crown. She had double cast wins there, 225-plus and 450-plus. Yeah, and a dog, it's hard for a dog to win that doesn't have the double cast wins at the Winter Classic. Right. Typically, you don't see that. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next month in March, uh, towards the end of March, your, your old uh, stomping grounds there, Columbia City, Indiana, the dog qualified for the world championship at their RQE with a 350-plus cast win. Uh, fast forward all the way to uh, September to the Autumn Oaks. The dog got, uh, obviously, some cast wins in between there at some yeah. some different events, but it was a cast winner at Autumn Oaks with 100-plus. That's the second leg of the Triple Crown, Autumn Oaks. Dog, uh, dog can put up some high scores if you, if you yeah. look through her stuff, but she may have had to gut this one out to Autumn Oaks a little bit. just shows yeah. how versatile she is. Yep. Um, skip a weekend, and you get to the zones. and the at, By that time, we're down to five dogs. Uh, one of them hadn't qualified for the World Championship, so take them out of contention. So you got four dogs in the zones, and all four of them are in Portland, Indiana. You got the steel dog that Dustin Brumman owned, uh, Lefty, Chad McCoin, uh, the Heather Island guys, uh, Ike Rainey and Malcolm Rain zone, and then two Willie pups. You had Little Ann, and then also the Scar dog that Ellis right. Keen and Jr. Gray yeah. uh, owned together. Um, so all eyes were kind of on Portland if you were paying attention to the Triple Crown at all. Um, and there were some cast winners from there. Lefty was able to get a single cast win. Scar had double cast wins, and then obviously Little Ann had double cast wins there as well. Seven hundred plus on the first night, one seventy five plus on the second night. All three of those dogs advanced, advanced to the, world to the finals. finals. Yep, yep. It was going to be hard for Lefty at that point. He was kind of playing from behind, and uh, he was he, twenty-five points behind going to the finals. Yeah, he was uh, uh, behind both Scar and Ann, the two sisters duking it out there, which is pretty cool. Both yeah. uh, both out of Willie, yeah. so uh, congratulations, J.R. Gray, for that achievement. Uh, but both Lefty and Scar fell short in the first round of the World Finals, and uh, Little Ann was able to win her first round cast there at the World Finals in Mount Gilead, and uh, that right. secured the Triple Crown for her and moved her on to the second round of the World Finals, 350-plus yep. in that first round. Yep. Ended up getting put out in round two on a tiebreaker to eventual third place in the world, uh, Preacher Man. Preacher Man, yeah. So tough cast and tough tough little dog, and this yeah. isn't the last time. We, we said she's three years old. She's got a lot of competing left in her future. <laughs> yep. So... Uh, just recently got the check and uh, we're waiting on the embroidered jacket to get here to get out to Ellis and those guys. But I think uh, Ellis would be the first one to say that this was a, a complete team win. I talked to him a little bit on the phone. Um, him, JR, obviously partnered together on a lot of dogs. Most of Ellis's dogs are out of Willie. And uh, he gave a lot of credit to Eric and Steve Emery, both uh, hunting the do- hunting their dogs uh, for them at times, handling their dogs in hunts and different things. So. Just uh, the whole the whole team there. Uh, that's a team win for sure. Yeah. So congratulations to all of them. Alan, we both had Dr. Pathfinder twos now for a little while. What do you think about yours? I'm liking mine. One of the things I had the opportunity to now download a map of an area where I did not have service, and I've used it there, and it has worked flawlessly. I love it. Yeah, I love the crystal clear maps. I love that I never lose reception on my dog's collars anymore. Highly recommended by me as well. Yeah, let's, uh, we can't talk about uh, the upcoming 2024 Coonhound competition season without mentioning the, the kickoff for the year, the Grand American. Already here and ready to roll. 60th year coming up. That's hard to believe. 60th year, 1965. Yeah, I kind of stole that from their ad a little bit there. That's it's a long time for any event, and just it's down the, there in the southeast, it's what is it—the second longest standing major event. I, I would second I would only so. to Autumn Oaks, probably 1960 for Autumn Oaks. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, Grand American. You know, 
that's it's uh, kind of been all over as far as registries that have put the event on. I think UKC started have been doing it consecutively since 2005. I know you were that was one of your first years here. It was my very first one, yeah. uh, first Grand American, and my first major event for working for UKC. And uh, it come a long ways uh, since then. Uh, uh, probably looks a little different now than it did looks, then. Yeah, it does. It looks, yeah. uh, you know, it, it's there's a lot of things the same, but there's a lot of things different too. Yeah. Uh, oh. It's always that first full weekend in January. So this year it falls on January 5th and 6th, and it's Orangeburg County Fairgrounds right there in Orangeburg, South Carolina. I don't guess it's ever going to move. That's yeah. the home. <laughs> That's the home of the Grand American right there, Orangeburg. Yeah. Everybody's been saving up their money. They're ready to go spend some money on the vendors and everything. See what's new for sale this year and all that good stuff. Yeah, and it can be, the weather can be anything that time of the year. It can be, you know, in the 30s or it can be in the 70s. And I've seen it from from both from both ends. So, but I like it better when it's in the 70s, actually, or <laughs> <laughs> upper 60s. Well, it's been pretty nice for the past two years, hasn't it? It, it seems has, like, it yeah. is, yeah. The, the is. first year that I ever went, I was freezing on the final cast and i'm never going to make that mistake again the past couple of years i've been probably been a little overdressed for the for the cast but better safe than sorry but, yeah yeah um well as of this recording uh the pre-entry deadline is coming up pretty quick they do take advanced entries for the grand american and that deadline is december 10th um they don't have an online entry form that i know of for this event i, I would know about it i would assume it's mm -hmm. all mail-in entries so you have to find their uh, their ad, and on their ad, there's just uh, little uh, partitions that you can cut out. You can uh, take off their entry slips and just mail them in, and it has uh, David McKee's information on there. That's who you mail your entries to. Yep, don't mail them to UKC. That's right. Uh, the event ad, it, you can find it on the, on the UKC Dogs uh, website. Go to our major events and programs. There's a Grand American page. The ad lives there. You can print it out, uh, fill out your information, and send that entry in. Um, also it's been in the past couple issues of Coonhound Bloodlines. And if you're on Facebook, which most people are, uh, if you're interested in this event, I would go check out the Grand American Coon Hunt official event page. Yeah. That's the name of it. Go check it out. They put a lot of information on there. Uh, David McKee's on there. Ashley Moss is on there and she's actually pinned a post to the top of that page. So if you go there, you don't have to scroll through anything right there. The very first post is going to be the event ad that you can save, print out and, uh, get your entries in. Yeah. Pretty simple. Hey, and I will. I would always suggest, uh, and if you send an entry in, it's pretty important here. I would carry your uh, entry down to the post office and put it, get a tracking number put on it. Yeah. Make sure it gets there so you know where it is. Don't have any uh, unpleasant surprises of it not making it through the mail system. Yeah, don't want to. Don't want to play that game. Right. Uh, let's talk about the night hunt a little bit. Advanced entries this year. Obviously, we said December tenth is the deadline to get them in. Advanced entry fees are fifty bucks this okay. year. Yeah. They're going to be taking walk-up entries on the grounds. They've had a pile of them the past couple of years ever since they started taking walk-up entries. And uh, for that case, they've kind of bumped up the entry fee here for walk-ups. It seems like uh, $75 for uh, walk-up entry, so it's going to cost you an extra $25 to walk-up enter. And that's based on guide availability. So mm -hmm. I don't know. If, if it was me, almost better safe than sorry to get it in earlier. But, uh, you know, if that's not an option for you or if you're unsure if you're going to get to go, at least there's an option for you to sign up there at the event. Yeah. Uh, they're going to be taking uh, uh, walk-up entries and confirming dogs that were pre-entered from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. each day, depending on if you entered Friday, Saturday, or both. You'd have to do it both days. Um, and if you're needing to do a change, if you pre-entered a dog that came in heat or got injured or, or for something popped up for some reason, they will be doing changes uh, from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. each day. So probably the sooner the better there so you don't get stuck in the, in the line with the walk-ups and everything else. Yeah, and the one thing I always want to, uh, folks to remember is that 1 p.m., that is a hard deadline. After 1 p.m., they're not going to take your entry anymore after that. Even your advanced entry, you got to have it confirmed uh, before or by or before 1 o'clock. Yeah. yeah. Some people may wonder why 1 p.m. And, you know, we get that same thing at Winter Classic and Autumn Oaks um, for our deadlines, you know, 2, two o'clock often. But, um Man, they just—they're uh, probably just not thinking of all the logistics that we have to do. See who's there, who's not. Uh, changing dogs, then assigning walk-ups to casts, and sending stuff to satellite clubs, and doing opening ceremonies. It, it, before long, it's uh, dark, and we're, we're yeah. wondering what just happened. Yeah, yep, <laughs> yep. And it, it takes a while to get all that all that stuff done. Yep. And we want to give plenty of time for hunters to get there safe and sound, and and not miss out on the cast for fame problems were to pop up that they'd have time to get them uh, uh, fixed because some people travel a long ways for these events. Yeah, sure. 
Uh, let's see. Uh, the top 20 is a big deal at Grand American. Each day they do a top 20. Um, Dave, I did talk to David McKee just briefly before we came down here uh, on some talking points that he would want us to talk about on the podcast. Uh, one thing he did want us to mention is the payout. Mm. Uh, a lot of people didn't know about the payout or how it worked for the top 20 each night. They do pay out the top 20 on Friday and Saturday night each night. Um, and the way that they come up with that num- that number is they take the number of entries that night, multiply it by $20, and then they divide it by the top 20. Uh, and then each member of the top 20 gets the same amount of that purse. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it seems like last year to, to uh, uh, place in the top 20, it was a couple hundred bucks for, for everybody that placed in the top 20, was it not? That would not surprise me. Yeah. That's got to be a pretty yeah. good payout there, yeah. you would think. Yeah. Um, yeah. He also wanted me to tell everybody that uh, some local businesses donate some money where they're going to be able to give some added money each night for the top four on each night. Oh. So the highest four score, uh, top four high scoring dogs on Friday and the top four on Saturday will both get a little bit of added money from local businesses. I assume David's probably going to shout those out on the Facebook page yeah. and, and different and That's uh, good. different platforms and yeah. also in his opening ceremonies. But thank yeah. you for those businesses. Yeah, and that. the top 20 is comprised of everybody. It's not just taken from from a certain category. It comes from all uh, from both categories, whether it be registered or champions and grands. Yep, that's right. It goes by score. Yep. And the way it kind of works is uh, the, the event to crown an overall winner doesn't matter what category you're in. They're going to take the top four high-scoring double-cast winners, and those four dogs are going to move on to the final cast late on Saturday night to determine yep. the overall winner. And then I think they hunt for an hour in that late or that late cast on Saturday. And they usually keep – obviously, we've both been on the cast for recent years, usually within a little decent yeah. driving distance, no yep. more than 10 or 15 yep. minutes away. So And they have a nice prize package for that top four, too, as well as money is, is also yep. also. Yeah. I saw Ray Conrad with Bright Eyes Lights. It's kind of their presenting sponsor yep. now starting this yep. year. So, yep. uh, you know, Ray he's excited will, about that. He'll go all out yep. for him. He, he always will. does. Yep. So, good one to have on board, Bright Eyes Lights. So, yep. let's shift gears to the Ben Show a little bit. Uh, they, I think just in the past couple of years, they changed it from it being one show over two days to now having two separate shows on each day. So, there's going to be a show on Friday and a show on Saturday. Makes for some long days, but yeah. uh, we, we uh, Danielle and Gary Champ are over there in that building from uh, daylight till dark, usually on both of those days. So shout out to them for the work they put in. Uh, but they take in, start taking entries at 8 a.m. each day, and uh, entry deadline is 10 a.m. each day. Obviously, you can also advance enter, enter on there on the ad. There's also a bench show pre-entry form, and that's going to be a $25 entry fee. If you don't get that done, you can still enter the day of the show for 30 bucks. Okay. Yeah. Um, and they also have a second show on Saturday for the youth. Uh, it's a licensed uh, youth show. They take entries for that from 8 to 10, and that's a $20 entry fee on Saturday. Yeah, and they make a big deal out of that. They have a lot of kids showing, and that's a good youth show right there. Yeah, it's very competitive. Yep. Some, yep. some top-line dogs on there. Yeah. And uh, actually, uh, I also talked to Danielle right before I came on to get their judges for this year. Uh, Friday, the legend Lee Kearns is going to be judging. Okay, yeah. Saturday, just a world champion here in the past couple of years, Megan Perez. And then our youth, uh, our, their youth uh, judge is going to be Miss Beth Jenkins, who's okay. been on kind of a tear lately. Yeah. So she's yeah, going to yeah. be judging here. So yeah. Good group of judges there for them. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, you know, when you mentioned Lee Curran's judging there, we have Doc Birdsall, we mentioned earlier, he's going to judge at our world show. And when, whenever I think of those guys, I, there's another guy that's kind of in that group. It's too bad we don't have one uh, spot for him this year, but the old Johnny Brinkley. Oh, yeah. Him and Doc and, and Lee just seemed like they were always just kind of the those three legends for me as far as judges go. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Um, some just some other information that I jotted down here. Coon Fest. Mm-hmm. Uh, seems like during Coon Fest, me and you are usually in the building setting up all our stuff. So I don't think I've ever even been to it or participated on it. But that starts on Thursday at one p.m. Um, it says they feature food, country music, entertainment, door prizes, and it's free for everybody that's there on Thursday. So if you're there early, swing on by the the building. At, which building is it they have that in? I think, it's up, I think it's the same building as the show, I okay. think. I think. I know they've had it in there in the past, and I think that's where it's where it is. Just follow the music. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Follow your nose and your ears, I guess. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> And then uh, the treeing contests, they're always a big deal. That's a big deal. There's no bigger treeing contest uh, anywhere in the country than there is at Orangeburg. Yeah. Each day, 1 p.m. each day, you can get signed up for that. It's a $5 entry fee on both Friday and Saturday. And there's everything from great big dogs to little bitty dogs out there. uh, And a lot of them. There's a ton of them. (laughs) And a crowd of people watching them. Yeah. (laughs) 
So that that's a fun deal there. If you do nothing else, just go shop and bring a dog that'll that'll bark at a coon, and you're in good yeah. shape. You'll have a fun day. And and two two you can probably mention that two different days, Friday and Saturday, both one yeah. o'clock, one p.m. Five dollar yep. entry fee. Can't beat that. Nope. So. It's been a while since, uh, and like I said, I've, I've said it a couple times now. It's been a while since we got down here and we're able just to talk about the programs and where we are. So it's just, uh, more of a, a lot of updates on this. Yeah, hey, one podcast. other one other thing about the Grand American. While we think we get people asking about camping and things like that, they have camping available there too, right? But that's something you have to just get set up for in advance as well, right? Yeah, you're right. I, I uh, had it put on here and I just overlooked it, but you're right. Uh, I didn't get all this specific event information from the ad, but if you want to know about camping and hookups, and if you're a vendor interested in setting up there or if you're interested in getting a spot in the dog barn, go to their Grand American event ad. And there's somebody who they have, a part of their committee, a member of their committee is like assigned to each yeah. of those. So yeah. there'll be a different contact information for camping, for vendors, for dog barn. Just navigate to where you want to, where you need some information on and give them a call. Perfect. It'll be more than accommodating. Yep. Yep. Uh, like I was saying before, it's been a while since we had a chance to sit down here and talk about where we're at in the program. We talked about how, as we go, we're going to be talking about dogs that achieve the Hall of Fame titles in our different uh, Coonhound events. And so we got a few here to catch up on. It's been since May that we did it. I just did an update on October 25th on our website, and we got a few new ones. Uh, no new water race or field trial Hall of Famers, but we did have one new night hunt Hall of Famer, and uh, he must have did this on his run to the World Championship final cast. That is Grand Night Champion, Hall of Fame, Bad Habits, Preacher Man. One of the most, uh, I don't know, most popular dogs in the Coonhound world right now, it seems like, in the last year or two. I, absolutely, he is. Yeah. I would say so. A lot to Just do with shows up winning. everywhere. Between him and Caleb, they're, uh, they're yeah. celebrities in the Coonhound world yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> great, uh, great duo here. Uh, Preacher Man, he's a six-year-old ex-bred male, obviously owned by Caleb Griffin, as I just said, of Westminster, South Carolina. and. Yeah, uh, you want to tell us a little bit about his lineage? Yeah, there? he's off of Grand Night Champion Bad Habit Sam, and uh, the dame is Tree Slam and Stylish Chloe, bred by uh, uh, Caleb Griffin. He was single registered, I guess, by Caleb Griffin there. Uh, but he earned this degree in June, back in June already, a twenty twenty oh, oh. of this year. So it's been it's been a, several months here. Currently, as of right now, has forty one Grand Night Champion wins. As you and I know, it takes thirty seven. Uh, uh, to earn that 37 grand wins to earn the title, but 41 grand night champion wins as of right now. But yeah. If, uh, if you haven't heard of bad habits, preacher, man, here in the last year or two, you've probably, uh, not, uh, followed the hunts a whole lot. <laughs> right. He has been on a roll. He has. Past he couple has. world championship yep. TOCs. He's everywhere. So, yeah, we actually have 10 new dogs that have made grand champion hall of fame with our Ben show hall of fame Good. title dogs. Um, and there's going to be some pretty recognizable names here that uh, have won all over the country. And this first one is going to be just that. Uh, confirmation Grand Champion, Grand Champion Hall of Fame, Rockin' W's Rock On. It's a seven-year-old blue tick owned by Angela and Jackson Cable of Connersville, Indiana. Yeah, this dog is off of Night Champion, Grand Champion 2, Confirmation Grand Champion, Rockin' W's. That was a cold one. The dam is Champion, Night Champion, Ridge Runners Sneaker, bred by Whitney Killo. Uh, earned the degree in June of 2023 and currently has 49 grand champion wins. Crazy. Still got some wins left in the tank. Right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, another blue tick here, grand champion Hall of Fame, Bloxton's Blue Bug. Uh, this is a five-year-old blue tick female owned by Frank Bloxton of Rome, New York. Off of grand night champion Muddy Creek Spikes Crow and the dam is night champion Johnson's Blue Whittle bred by Jared Lawson, a Lawson from Michigan here actually, Earned the degree in June as well. Currently has 40 grand champion wins. Bloxton's Blue Bug. Mr. Robert Welch is adding another one to the Grand Champion Hall of Fame list. This I've got a story about Robert Welch. <laughs> 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 He'd have to go back and dig several uh, episodes to listen to that story, I guess. Our faithful listeners yeah. will know. <laughs> They'll know. But we have uh, uh, Grand Champion Hall of Fame, Kraut Creek Blue Zulu. It's a seven-year-old blue tick male owned by Robert Welch of Greenville, Ohio. Yeah, Brit, or, uh, out of Grand Night Champion, Grand Field Champion, Grand Champion, Kraut Creek Blue Zorro, and the dam is Grand Champion, Kraut Creek Blueberry Jam, bred by Robert Welch. Earned the degree in August of this last year. Congratulations. It currently has 45 Grand Champion wins. Congratulations to Mr. Welch. Hall of Fame. And another blue tick here. Four blue ticks made it in. Uh, confirmation Champion, Grand Champion Hall of Fame, Rockin' W's Blue Cover Girl. 
five-year-old blue tick female owned by, again, Angie and Jackson Cable of Connersville, Indiana. They yep. had a busy summer. They have. They have. Confirmation Grand Champion, Grand Champion Hall of Fame, Rockin' W is Rock On is the sire. And the dam is off of a, the World Show Champion, Confirmation Champion, Grand Champion, Rockin' W's Blue uh, Glamour Girl. Uh, bred again by Whitney Killow, earned the degree in October, so just very recently here, and currently has 40 Grand Champion wins. Blue Cover Girl, Hall of Fame. Another dog you see all over the country competing at the highest level. Here we go. Confirmation Champion, Grand Champion Hall of Fame, the Midnight Gambler. Plot so dog. Four-year-old plot yeah. male owned by Miss Hannah Cable of Cleves, Ohio. Yeah, and that's actually, we are talking about Angie Cable. That's uh, Hannah is her husband's uh, sister. Yep. Uh, but, yeah, this dog is off of World Show Champion, Grand Champion, Midnight Brindle Donner, and the dam is Field Champion, Night Champion, Grand Water Champion, Grand Champion 2, Late Night Southern Scarlet. Bred by Sasha and Corey Hall of Michigan, earned the degree in June this year. Currently has 46 Grand Champion wins, and uh, you know Hannah is a is a youth handler and has done a lot of winning with this Midnight Gambler dog, and continues to do so. Nice dog, made it all the way to Hall of Fame. Absolutely, kind of tickled to see this next dog on here. Uh, it's uh, uh, some of the owners, Barbara and Larry Jenkins, don't see him around as much the past couple nope. of years. I think they've kind of maybe been. Uh, down on some health issues, but uh, hopefully they're listening to this, and I just want to give them a congratulations. Hopefully we see you soon. You guys get to feeling better, but this is uh, Grand Champion Hall of Fame, Double Deuce Dixie Delight, four-year-old plot female owned by Brad and Kim Bowser and Barbara and Larry Jenkins from Pennsylvania. Yeah, hey, this is a litter mate to uh, the Midnight Gambler dog, and there's several dogs in this whole litter that have been had some very impressive wins and and done a lot of winning here re uh, recently. Uh uh, off of World Show Champion, Midnight Brindle Donner again, Field Champion, Night Champion, Grand Water Champion, Grand Champion 2, Late Night Southern Scarlet, uh, Sasha Corey Hall. Uh, earned the degree just here recently, end of August, uh, 40 Grand Champion wins on on Dixie Delight's record right now. But congratulations to Larry and crew there on, on a fine female there, plot female. Hall of Fame. Here we go. Another plot here. Third plot. Grandfield champion, Grand Knight champion, Grand Water champion two, confirmation champion, Grand Champion Hall of Fame, Brandenburgers, Pioneer, <laughs> Sterling, HTX3. I knew all those titles. Yeah. <laughs> Eight-year-old plot male owned by Carl Brandenburger Jr. and Jason Bigley of Redbud, Illinois. Yeah, sired by Water Champion, Grand Knight Champion, Brandenburgers, Pioneer, Superman, and the name is Mansholtz Maggie. And bred by Brown uh, Brian and Jessica Bowser, uh, earned the uh, this uh, title in uh, September, end of September of 2023, 40 grand champion wins currently on the dog's record. So congratulations to the owners, uh, Jason uh, Bigley, Carl Brandenburger and Jason Bigley. Just a couple more here. Got one red bone that uh, finished out. It's a field champion, grand champion, hall of fame, rim fires, call sign chaos, actual. It's a four-year-old Red Bone Mail owned by Katrina Henderson and Steve Hatch of Tully, New York. Yeah, sired by Rimfire's Me in the Moon. That's a champion, a confirmation grand champion dog. And the dam is also a confirmation champion. Champion Rimfire is more than Moxie. Uh, bred by Danielle Moore. Earned the degree in June this year and currently has 43 grand champion wins. So congratulations to uh, Katrina and Steve uh, with uh, Chaos Actual. We've already mentioned Hannah being a youth handler, and here we got a couple more young, uh, young handlers here that have finished their dogs to Grand Champion yeah. Hall of Fame. Yeah, a couple uh, young, uh, young gals. So, yeah, uh, Grand Champion Hall of Fame, Dry Creek, Mister Right Now. It's a three-year-old young tree and walker male, owned by Raven Hunt and her, I guess her mom Jennifer. They're in Scotland Neck, North Carolina. Uh, this dog is out of Second Wind Supremo and Champion Second Winds Stroll in the City. Yeah, bred by Miss Janice Hunter from Florida. They're earning a degree in May of this year. Currently has 63 Grand Champion wins. So they've been winning a whole lot with this dog. Yeah, typing up uh, RQE reports. I'd, I'd have to go back and see how many RQE shows this right now dog uh, won this year. Quite yeah. a few, I think. Well, if, with that many, you'd think we might see this dog in the top 10 show maybe. Yeah, possibly. Possibly, yeah. We'll know soon. Yeah. But uh, another yeah. Janice Hunter dog coming up, I think. Yeah. Grand Champion Hall of Fame second wins Barnabas, seven year old tree and walker male owned by Jordan and Jacob Brooks, the Brooks duo down in yeah. Pound Mill, Virginia. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Off of second wins impressive playboy this time and second wins full throttle. Those, those are some Janice Hunter's, Hunter dogs bred by Janice. Earned the degree in August of this year, currently 40, 40 grand champion wins here. So. Congratulations to the Brooks duo right there, Jordan and Jacob, Pounding Mill, Virginia. 
Second wins Barnabas. Awesome job by all those people. Yeah. Congratulations on making Hall of Fame. That's not easy to do. That's a lot of running the roads and and entering and winning. Yeah. So yeah. congratulations on that. You mentioned the top ten a little bit. We should probably <clears throat> talk about that just a touch, uh, mm-hmm. real quick. Uh, the the season just ended. The series year just ended on October thirty first. Um, the new series year started on November first. So don't get left behind. You better start competing and accruing points soon. But uh, we're working on finalizing that list right now. We're still waiting to get in some reports from the tail end of October and see if there's anything missing in between. And uh, as you'll see on when you read about the top 10, we're going to finalize that list by December 31st, hopefully before that, but yeah. that's our last day to do so. And uh, invitations to the top 10 show, we're going to be going out the first week of January. Yeah, so hopefully we'll do a podcast again on those. That was kind of fun last year, the one we did last year, highlighting all those dogs in the top 10 and then, then seeing them all at the Winter Classic and – just a great show, and I think it's really kind of taken off. Yeah, I think so. And, uh, you know, obviously when we were picking judges, we tried to be very conscious of who was in contention for the top ten uh, when selecting them. And, you know, we talked about Scarlett, uh, Amber, and Steve. I think we got a, a good group to, to judge that yeah. high class of dogs they're going to be seeing in Batesville there in a couple just a couple months from now. Yep, and that show is going to happen on Friday night. I think I don't don't quote me on the time, but it's early evening. goes into the evening there, so uh, – uh, but last year we had the setup a little bit. Uh, first time we had it set up in the middle of the arena there. Um, we crowded the the particip- or the the seating a little bit. So I think this year we already talked about in a meeting we're going to have another row there and make a little more room for them. So hopefully we can make that a nice show again this year. Yeah, and I guess since this is uh, due to come out November sixteenth, I believe they said it was um, just here in a. Uh, just a couple of days from now, after hearing this, we're going to have our fro- our first pro slams. Yeah. We talked about that on, on a podcast a couple of weeks ago, but got our first Coonhound Pro Slam, 10 Mile Tennessee, the 10 Mile 300 happening on uh, November 18th. So yeah. stay tuned to our social media platforms to see how the winners of that go. You got a big old pro slam coming Beagle, up that same, same day. day. Same Saturday in uh, the Mountaineer 300 in, in, uh, in West Virginia. Yeah. It's happening on the same day for a Beagle event. We've got a couple more Beagle events coming up, Pro Slam scheduled as well. Just did another one today as we speak in Ohio. So I think i got about four or five uh, Beagle Pro Slams on the schedule, and and we you've got about that many working on several more on the Coonon side. So kind of an exciting time. It's kind of cool to be kind of at the end of all of our majors at the end of the year, but we've got some of these uh, Pro Slams where we've been talking about, and it's kind of cool. Yeah, so be sure you're paying attention to ukcdogs.com forward slash pro slam for all the latest news on that. We'll have new event ads, when the entries open, all that good stuff. Don't get left behind. Yeah. Thank you for listening to the UKC Hunting Ops Podcast. Be sure to give us a follow so you don't miss any of our new episodes or content.